following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Everybody loves honey glazed carrots. A great side dish for your springtime celebration and a delicious compliment to a sweet, bright Moscato. Your Bloody Mary bar will be the talk of brunch with the vodka I'm stalking. Pile those toppings sky high. Serving lamb this season? Try it with a bold Cabernet from the trendy Paso Robles region. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine and More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! Hi, I'm Eric Kane. And I'm Paul Tassi. And this week we are going to be talking about a game that I don't think either of us expected to be <laughs> talking about at this point in time. Uh, no Man's Sky, which has just come out with a very major update um, two years after launch. Uh, so we're going to dive into that as best we can, as well as talk about kind of the road the game has taken to get here. Uh, but first, just a quick word from our sponsors. Uh, support for Overworld comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. You're confident when it comes to your work and your life. Rocket Mortgage gives you that same confidence when it comes to refinancing your existing mortgage or buying a home. It lets you understand all the details so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. Go to rocketmortgage.com slash Forbes. Is, that, you're, right? you're right. <laughs> who, who thought we'd be talking about No Man's Sky in the middle of 2018? Two, almost two years, almost exactly two years after it launched uh, on PC and, and Playstation 4. And now we've got the Xbox One release today. Um, yeah, well, I didn't even realize being... that. I, did, it, I kind of forgot that it was coming out on Xbox for the first time yeah. ever right now. I, I guess I didn't realize the ex- exclusivity of that. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's a long time for for an exclusive, a timed exclusive, you know, two years. Uh, but really, in a way, Xbox gamers have it best because they get to jump into No Man's Sky after this is the, the fourth major update to the game since its, since its launch. And really, in a lot of ways... You know, it, it wasn't an early access game, but in a lot of ways, it felt kind of like an early access game. And now, hopefully, we're getting like the, the real deal, the full fledged launch with multiplayer and character customization and all this other stuff. And there's just a ton of stuff in this next update. Yeah, in a way, I'm almost a little bit envious of the Xbox players because as someone who has played a good amount of this game, like I, I have found it a little tough to kind of keep coming back for these updates because you feel like your current progress has just sort of been scrambled and like it's kind of hard to relearn everything and like rediscover like all these new things they've added like with these kind of massive updates each time. And like I found that today when I was trying to go back into it too where I didn't play too, too much of the last update. So now I kind of have two updates worth of stuff to like sift through and it's yeah. it can be slightly overwhelming for a game that used to be like overly simplistic to the point of, of annoyance to some people. So that's that's been kind of an interesting <laughs> turn I wasn't really expecting. Yeah, I, I'm sort of more like these Xbox gamers in that I, I played the vanilla, uh, vanilla, vanilla No Man's Sky and gave up not too far into it because I just got really bored. <laughs> and yeah, I didn't, I didn't go back. <laughs> I didn't go back for the other updates. I thought to myself, you know, okay, well, that adds a little. That adds a little. Like it, it's a, it's cool what they're trying to do, but it still didn't feel like, okay, like it was at a point where I would want to get back into it. Now I think maybe it is. Um, we'll see. But uh, it, it really. I mean, having. I mean, there's so many things like um, third person now. You can play in third person instead of first person. Uh, you can control a whole fleet of of ships from your kind of mothership or whatever uh there's 
multiplayer where you can actually play with other players, not just little glowing orbs, but actually other players. Um, there, I mean, it, it really goes kind of goes on and on and on. Patch notes are like ten thousand words long, so <laughs> it's a little hard to even process. It it is fundamentally kind of a completely different game than what we got at launch. Is is where we're at now to the point where it's it's almost a sequel with how much they've added. Mm-hmm. There's probably seventy percent more content total than there was at launch at this point, which seems kind of crazy. crazy. But it, you know, four updates worth of stuff, including this one, the, the biggest one, and it, it really is. I mean, the the systems they've added, like I can't even, I don't even know all of them because I, I haven't gotten deep enough into it yet. But it is just a much more kind of all around more robust game. And it, it is in fact a game now when kind of when it started, the big complaint was that it was just, it was too nebulous and there wasn't enough direction. And there was like a tiny stab at a story mode that was just not great. And it is interesting. I find though, for me personally, the more stuff is, is added to this, it's almost like some of the the reasons I liked it so much in the first place are being taken away to some extent. And like, I know that's not going to be a very popular opinion, but like I'm someone who played No Man's Sky probably between the first, at least two updates. Um, I have close to a hundred hours and that was, I never even made it to the galactic center. I was just kind of exploring and like maxing my, multi-tool and trying to find the coolest ship and like build a cool base and like set up this like alien drug farming ring in my base (laughs) i could sell for like massive i could sell stuff for a massive profit uh and like that was i had a good time with that but like now where it's i don't know there's just something about adding kind of structured quests and multiplayer and and all this stuff where it does sort of take away a little bit from, from like kind of the solitude and just aimlessness and just, it, it was a very relaxing game before. And now if it's like combat missions and, you know, checklists and, and it's, to me, it's a little bit worse in some ways, which it won't be a very, you know, common, common thought that people share, but I don't know. I thought that was part of the appeal. Of the initial game was that it was so unlike all these other games. And I feel like if you add in too much kind of traditional gamey stuff, then you you almost make it to a point where it's like, well, I'm just going to go play Destiny. Because yeah. <laughs> Destiny's like a ultimately a, a better version of a game with quests and combat and this and that. Yeah, shouldn't shouldn't um, these games have a baby somehow, like where we can have sort of a combination? I, I feel like if the two really combined their strengths, we'd have a really great game. <laughs> I feel like that's almost, that's almost Warframe in a way, yeah. but like it's procedurally generated you know, planet dungeons and stuff like that. So I, you could maybe consider that Warframe to a certain extent. Yeah, I could. I guess I could see that a little bit. Um, I mean, isn't there still creative mode? Can't you just still kind of go chill out and do that kind of gameplay even with all this stuff? I mean, you can turn off multiplayer. You don't have to use it, right? So there's there's ways around that. I feel like yeah, you can. Out. And I have, actually, I have been playing in... What I need to do is, I guess, just start a totally new, fresh game mm-hmm. from like day one and then just kind of see if I can go through it that way. Uh, today I was just playing around in creative mode just because I wanted to do as much as I could without, you know, having to mine for fuel or whatever, all the, you know, random busy work crap you have to do. Yeah. Uh, so I have just been mostly playing around in creative mode. I guess it depends what you want to get out of the game. Right. Uh, me personally, I've always just liked trying to like discover the coolest planets I can and like some, you know, funny wildlife and 
getting the coolest chip I can. <laughs> and <laughs> that's not like a very structured goal, but that is kind of what I enjoy doing in the game. Um, and I don't know, I don't really have a desire to complete a bunch of quests and, and fight a bunch of guys in this game. So if other people do, you know, more power to them. But the stuff that's being added isn't, isn't everything that kind of appeals to me, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. People might disagree with that. Now, in terms of some of these updates, like, has has combat... Imp- I mean, I, I know this isn't why you play the game, but has it improved? It has. Have you seen... Um, like, like what... Because initially, like, there wasn't really much to combat. It was pretty stale. I, I felt really... I mean, more than anything, I just felt kind of bored and annoyed by combat. It's... I mean, it's still not anywhere close to a, a shooter, like a normal shooter, uh, what they have done is add in at least a lot more options for combat where it's like, oh, well, now you can get like a shotgun attachment for your plasma tool or like a rapid fire or, you mm-hmm. know, like a, a pistol shot kind of thing. And they've added at least a, a couple more enemy types where on hostile planets you can be fighting quite a bit with whether it's like these little floating things or these kind of ATST walker things um, or you can fight creatures and I guess in this new update, I think you can fight other other people. I'm I'm pretty sure. Uh, I haven't tried that yet, but I'm I think it's possible. And yeah. again, like I I don't think this is ever going to be a game where like the primary thing you're doing is is fighting. It they may have kind of improved it from how it was, but it, it's never going to be the central draw of the game. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm curious for just my own personal gaming tastes whether this even with all these changes i'll really be drawn into it because the things that appealed to you definitely just i don't know i guess i have a hard time maybe i just don't have that kind of, that, the right attention span <laughs> I, I i feel like maybe i just maybe that maybe when i was a lot younger maybe i would have i would have had more of an interest in a game like this but now I, you know I, after a few hours of no man's sky i was like okay i'm just don't. I don't know. Maybe there just wasn't enough stuff to shoot. And I, like, what, did, what did you think? It, what did you think it was missing when you were um, playing it? Like, what did you want to see? And I guess have they added? Well, I wanted. That? I wanted something else to pull me in, other than just sort of the, these big procedurally generated worlds. And I also found those worlds kind of frustrating, like not being able at, at the time of launch to, you know, if you found a ship and then you had to go get something and bring it back to that ship, like there was no way of marking where it was. And you just yeah. on these giant worlds. I mean, the, the, I think that was what really made me just throw my controller down and frustration. <laughs> I was like, I can't even get back to this cool ship I found. You know, I've searched all over this stupid gigantic planet and it's gone, you know. And I know they've yeah. fixed a lot of that stuff. Um, so that'll help. But, you know, like I didn't there was not any there was no sort of story to draw me in. The combat was pretty tedious there. You know, I didn't really see what the point of it was. I didn't really have a, a something drawing me along. I liked the, it looked cool. You know, it was a cool, the worlds were really cool, but I, I don't, you know, I have to have something underneath the busy work that, that sort of tows me along. And if I don't have that, it's pretty hard for me to keep going. And even, you know, even games like destiny, I find altogether too grindy. And I know that's the big appeal for destiny. And so that's why I'm never like at the max light cap or whatever ever i'm never at the, i never make it that far because <laughs> i just can't i just after a little while and i have fun in the games like this you know and then after a little while i'm like okay i don't i don't see i need i need a story or i need something or i need like to progress i can't play this you know in destiny it's like i can't play the same areas over and over again because you know they 
they rehash the same, you know, in different missions, the same basic places that you walk around in. And then in No Man's Sky, it's, you know, it's procedurally generated. So every world is a little bit different, but then you start, or at least at the time, I started to notice how every world was kind of same, the same also. There's nothing like, there's nothing quite like really well-designed levels, you know, in my, in my opinion, you know, so that's. There's definitely not well-designed levels. I will say what appealed to No Man's Sky about me, to me was at least you could keep finding places with, at least in these new updates where they've, they've added like exotic planets where they have like really crazy growth and wildlife and, and cool stuff like that, where at least you sort of have the chance to find stuff like that now. And one thing these updates have done to a certain extent, at least is kind of increased biome diversity. So you're not just getting at least as many just totally empty pointless planets and it is easier to find more kind of interesting stuff along the way now with that said i don't i don't know if enough will fundamentally change to draw someone like you back into this because it's still sort of just like a mess around do what you want thing and like yeah there's more structure to it and i guess i haven't gotten too deep into like the new kind of story quests to decipher if those are, are all that interesting or not but if they're kind of expanded versions of what we saw originally, eh, I, I don't know how much yeah. faith I have in that. So like, again, it, it just sort of gets to the point where in some ways it feels like, like destiny light and destiny with just kind of this exploration side component, which is cool, but you may rather just be playing a different game fundamentally. Yeah. yeah. And that's, um, that is what I'm curious to see. I mean, it, I, I want to keep an open mind and I'm actually kind of excited about this update because, you know, I like the idea of customizing. I really like to customize characters and like be able to see them and stuff like that. So that's, that sounds, it's, it's not amazing. I'm not (laughs) surprised necessarily, but it's okay. You can like choose your race and you can be one of the four alien races or like the, whatever normal race you are, the anomaly race, whatever that is. Um, which is not human, I've discovered as I look at myself and I have four fingers <laughs> um, under my, my astronaut mask. Uh, I don't know, maybe maybe there's more customization options I haven't unlocked, but you know what I saw was a very kind of bare-bones system where it's like pick between these four gloves and like these four chest armor things and like change the right. color and like that's that was kind of the extent of it. But um, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if you've had time to get in the update yet, but I've... I've only played for maybe like 90 minutes and I was kind of messing around in, in creative mode just to experience as much as I could. And while there's just, there's like a ton of stuff I'm not going to be able to get to for a while, but I, I noticed some, uh, there's a good amount of technical problems <laughs> with this update um, that I was kind of, I'm kind of worried about. Like there's, when you go into like hyperdrive mode, like the really fast one that'll it'll get you to a planet really fast, my PS4 just starts going like, like it, not the PS4 itself, but the, the game, just like the sound glitches anytime I go into hyperspeed uh, <laughs> in a very jarring and, and unsettling way. So I'm not quite sure what Are that's about. Are you on a about. pro or a regular And uh, I'm on a pro. And when I'm playing on a pro, this thing, my, my pro sounds like it's going to, take off it's like a jet engine it's just like (laughs) hauling you know its butt to try and play this game for and it's obviously this is not the most like technically demanding game ever but i have not seen it act like this other than when it was like on the verge of overheating because i had it in like a cramped cabinet or something but it is like struggling (laughs) Hmm. and 
there's other weird stuff like so they've they've really increased kind of up close detail on things like ship ships or creatures or like the land and it looks really good like when you're when you're up close to the stuff it looks great it looks like the best it's ever looked but on the other hand there's some really weird stuff going on like there's these new like kind of volumetric clouds that like move over most planets and man they are they look terrible they're just like these nebulous blobs of of color that it it looks like your eyes are out of focus (laughs) and i think it was even in the patch notes that they were going to be the texture is going to be changed on them or something but they're like astonishingly bad looking and will like mess up all any screenshots of, you know, a pretty landscape you're trying to take just because it's like this, it's like you've like macular degeneration or something. It's just these like blobs in your field of vision that don't go with anything else on the planet. And, and then finally, like the pop in now is just, it's crazy. Like I get that it kind of has to be, but with all this new detail, like you could be flying, you know, 10 meters above the ground and you're going to have stuff popping in like rocks and trees and stuff like right as you, as you hit it to the point where it's, it's kind of jarring. So I, I, I've come across a a number of of technical issues with this new patch so far. That's interesting. I I wonder, I've I've gone to the Reddit and I'm wondering if we're going to see a lot of like interesting uh, issues like that. Like I saw someone post that you lose your ship. And if you, if you're not like in your ship, when you update, and other people post that they've lost their home planet. So I wonder, I guess we'll have to see. Like, I'll have to fire this up and give it a shot. We might have to s- circle back and do a little uh, update next week after we've had, you know, a week with the game to see to see what it's doing. But that's that's not good if there's a lot of issues already. <laughs> that's, that's a little yeah, disappointing. I'm not someone that, like, normally notices that many technical problems with a game. Like, it's... You know, if it's like super egregious, I will. But this one, like right away, it's sound issues, visual wow. issues, like my PS4 sounding like it's going to die. Like it is very noticeable stuff. Um, and I, I don't know if some of it's my pro or if these are kind of more widespread issues. But there's there are many moments where the new update looks like absolutely gorgeous and the game has never looked better. But there are an equal number, if not more, moments where things look pretty terrible for for one reason or another well it's such it's so early because this this podcast will go live on thursday but we're talking about this game just hours after the updates been released. yeah like so 90 minutes really, after it went live or something we're like kind of just so. so so it's on a certain level like we're not going to have really much to say other than just you know paul's first impressions and and my you know what i've read about it but you know what, is, what also is interesting is you know a lot of people are now very excited about this game again and Kind of, I, I think we need to talk a little bit about how we've come to this point with the game, um, after, you know, which which was launched to really bad reception back in 2016. Yes. Uh, I think we need to take a quick break, though. Uh, uh, to- yes, we'll do that in a second uh, once we do another sponsor break here. Um, support for Overworld comes from our friends a Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, the mortgage company that decided to ask, Why can't clients, clients get approved in minutes rather than weeks? Why can't they make adjustments to their rate and term in real time? And why can't there be a client-focused technological mortgage revolution? 
Quicken Loans answered all these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Forbes. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS consumeraccess.org number 3030. I always, I always kind of smile. Like we've done this same ad for a couple of weeks now. And the 10, 10th mortgage, really? Come on now. Either you move a lot or you have you own a ton of houses. <laughs> I prefer the latter, I guess. Moving, moving that yeah. much, boy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, though, it's good, you know. You know, build capital and all that. Um, yep, yep. Anyways, uh, so yeah, in 2016, you know, we'd been hearing about No Man's Sky for a couple of years already. I mean, it, it, three or four years they'd been they'd been showing off this really cool looking game, and you know, visually very striking. And there was you know uh, some cool music that went with it. I know they were showing it off at various uh, events, and I'd, I'd been to a couple where they were just like playing music and showing footage of this game and but we we i think we heard so much about the game but it turned out that a lot of what we heard was not really what the game t- ended up being so the head of uh, developer hello games sean murray had gone on a lot of interviews a lot a lot of interviews big ones like uh like colbert and stuff like that colbert, yeah. and um in, in a lot of ways i think that he was very excited about this game and the, they and he promised, he overpromised and then underdelivered. It's a classic case of, of of promising too much. And when the game actually released, a lot of people thought, "What the heck?" Like, the, like, like for instance, probably the most glaring of all of the things is uh, when asked if there would be the, the ability to run into other players in this giant, massive, procedurally generated galaxy. Murray said that there, that you could, and then. Pretty quickly, players tried to do this, and you couldn't. And kind of looking back on that, you know, I think not only was there a problem with the pre-launch sort of over-promising, but after the game was launched, there was this very loud silence from both Sony and Hello Games about what what on earth was going on. And I think people felt very, very, very angry about that. Would you would you say that's a fair assessment of kind of where things were at the time? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. And it is it has been a weird two years because they were silent for so long and then they came out and they're like, well, all we're doing, we're silent because we're just working nonstop on the game. And then what they did was deliver like these three or four huge free updates to the game to kind of make good on their original promise. And like it's taken them two years and it may not be all the way there, but it is certainly much closer to the game that was promised in 2016 than it was you know, when it launched. And I don't know, part of me feels like, uh, yeah, I think they were, I don't know if they were intentionally misleading, but they were definitely misleading and overpromising. But I feel like if, if a lot of this was just like a marketing issue, like if he just hadn't done so many interviews and if this was literally just an early access game, I think they would have been cut a lot more yeah. slack than they were. I think the sort of high profile, partnership with Sony kind of bit them because they needed to be more more of a traditional release and not the sort of ongoing uh, project like we see with so many other games now. And 
it was more about kind of what wasn't there than what was there. And if people didn't have high as high of expectations and like granted hello games helped build those high expectations. I, I don't think this would have been nearly the sort of enormous controversy it became. And I don't know if all of that goodwill is, is totally returned, but I'm definitely seeing a lot of it return. And like, it is bizarre that my entire Twitter timeline is like going nuts with hype for this update, which I, I was not really expecting to yeah. see. Um, I mean, we'll see if that's, that's sustainable, but it, it, I feel like they've definitely been, you know, t- turning the page in the last, probably the last year, especially once they've been able to crawl out from a lot of the harshest anger. It's interesting looking, reading some of uh, the recent interviews with Sean Murray, he, he talks a bit about how, you know, he said too much. He was too eager to talk about the game, too loquacious, too, uh, and that's all true, I think. He was, but but I think it's interesting because I feel like, and I I would like to talk to him at some point about all of this, but um, I feel like he is learned. He learned one lesson, which is you have to be careful with with what you say to the press. But I think that that he didn't learn. Uh, that, well, maybe he didn't learn another lesson, and and that's that. I think you can still be pretty open with the press as long as you're you're realistic and and that communication is always good and being more communicative is better than being less. And I think that one of the biggest problems other than, you know, obviously it should have been an early access game for $30 instead of a full release for $60. But one of the biggest problems was that silence. I don't think it's a good excuse to say, well, we're, we're working really hard on the game. So that's why we're not saying anything because honestly it takes 20 minutes to write a Reddit post or, to do a couple interviews and to explain what's going on and to just communicate. I think I'm like really aware of this right now because, you know, we play a lot of Fortnite and we cover a lot of Fortnite and Epic games is just about the most open. Epic is like, here's a 10,000 word explanation of why we had matchmaking (laughs) issues with playground. Like, Like, okay. They're (laughs) extremely, they're very, they, they, they communicate regularly all the time. They're always engaged with the community and, they're always putting out new content. So, I mean, so that funny video of, in Fortnite that you showed me the other day, um, where the guy, yeah. the, the failed rescue mission, well, they added a little tombstone right above that clip. The gravestone, so, I saw that. So <laughs> so, you know, that's like very, very active with the community, right? And so I feel like so much of this controversy could have been tamped down a little bit with just a, you know, a little more openness, a little more like, hey, these features, we weren't able to get them. I mean, honestly, kind of right before it launched, they should have put out something and said, hey, we promised yeah, that's this, thing this where... but you know what? Where it's not here yet. It's going to be here soon. I mean, you see that even with like, like um, uh, Sea of Thieves, they're like, hey, this is not finished. We're, we're releasing it, but we're going to have all this new content coming. I think that it would have been a much bigger controversy if they promised of all this stuff in Sea of Thieves and then just shut up about it. And, you know, I, I don't know. Exactly. Because well, like the Colbert interview, I think that was when he said... Oh, like yes, you there's multiplayer and you can so. see other players in the world. Like I I'm guessing, you know, I, I'm not a mind reader, but I'm guessing at that point it was it was still on his plate that he was trying to get that done. And like he wasn't just like I don't think he was flat out lying about like the game not being able to do something, because obviously that would catch up to him. But the caveat is that if that wasn't gonna happen by launch, like you said, like you need to be like 
hey guys, like I know I said this, but we have this technical issue with this. And so like, we're not able to implement this at this time. And you know, this is why, and do that with a number of issues. Because yeah. otherwise it does just look like you're lying. And if you don't explain how you weren't lying and how you genuinely believed <laughs> that, you know, this was going to be possible by launch or whatever, like that's where trouble arises. And like, granted that wouldn't head off kind of all problems. Like you look at a game like Sea of Thieves, like like you just said, and I, I kept comparing that to No Man's Sky, and everyone got really mad. <laughs> but I thought I think the comparison was really accurate because yeah. even if they were they were better about communicating, like oh we have so much more stuff coming, and like oh we don't have this because of this and whatever. But fundamentally, when the game released, it was still lacking enough content where yes. everyone was like, you know, at least a lot of people were like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> so if if the content isn't there. Uh, no amount of explanation is going to fix that. So they probably would have been in trouble no matter what, but they would have been in less hot water if they had at least tried to explain it. But it, it's, it was just a tough situation. They clearly needed at least another year or two years just to Absolutely. make the game and to, to make it into what it needs to be. And same with Sea of Thieves. They probably shouldn't have... I mean, I think both games, it, it would have been very reasonable to launch as early access titles. Because I think you do get a lot of valuable data from an early access game. You know, you're not just releasing it in early access so that you can finish it later. You're releasing it so that you can get feedback. It's like an extended beta, basically, you know. So these games that are in early access for a long time often, I mean, sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it falls apart. You've seen, I've seen plenty of games where people are like, this used to be good and then they changed it so much and now it's bad. But, um, you know, something like No Man's Sky, if it had launched in early access two years ago and had built to this point now for a full launch, I just think that would have been a much healthier thing. Uh, same with Sea of Thieves. But then that also brings in Sony, which that's probably why that didn't happen. They were very heavily in bed with Sony on on the production of this game, or at least on the distribution side and the marketing side. And Sony marketed the hell out of this game and then also went totally silent. Um like, I, I I feel a little peeved at Sony, honestly, about how they handled that. Because I feel like they kind of threw Hello Games under the bus a little bit. Like, they should have been working hand-in-hand hand with them to to come up with a, with a proper response to the backlash. But really, it was just this corporate silence. Yeah, they were just like, eh, eh, I don't know, ask Hello yeah, Games. It was <laughs> weird, because it's like, if you're going to market the heck out of this, like, it's this big PS4 game that it's... You know, and then you just sort of disappear. It's it's really, I don't know. It just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I mean that could have been better handled on all sides. And I mean, you don't really hear much from Sony about it at all. It's like kind of free of them yeah. now. Like obviously with an Xbox release, and then there's a PC release and all that. So it, yeah, they they needed to because I remember asking Sony for comment at launch too, and they just had nothing, nothing to say ever at any point, and would just redirect to Hello Games. Yeah. Also had nothing to and say. if I don't know if Sony wasn't involved, like I don't think it would have been mandatory for this to launch as like a sixty dollar right. title. But with Sony's backing, I am sure one of the stipulations was that it had to launch as like a full price yep. game. Yep, and that's unfortunate. I mean, Sony does a lot of indie stuff, and this is an indie game. And I think that when you have an indie game that costs twenty thirty dollars, you have a very different expectation of what you're getting going into it. You know, and when you have a full triple A sixty dollar game, you have a very different expectation. And I think. That really, you know, and I think I know from what what you know Sean has said since then is that it was hard for 
for the the small team at Hello Games psychologically to deal with the kind of backlash that that they were hit with. You know, obviously they oh, have yeah. some hand in that. They said things that were proven to be untrue, and then they went dark. But I know that oh god, you know how how the gaming community can be. <laughs> you know, even now, I mean, you look at any reply to his oh, yeah. you, you know tweets, and it's still you know you at least have thirty percent of people like tearing him a new one like to this day. So stuff like that is very hard to live people down. I love to be angry. Fairly you know? Isn't fairly. it weird how, how angry people are, are all the time? I, I, I know yeah. when I first started writing about video games, I thought it was going to be kind of a fun thing. And then it turned out right away that it was just like <laughs> right away, you know, with mass effect and, you know, I get it. I get why people are upset. I really, really do. But boy, it can be exhausting after a while, yeah. you know, and yeah. I'm not angry at hello games or anything. I, I think that they dropped the ball and that they were in over their heads and, and I think that it's great that they have spent the last couple of years making this this game better and more more like what they had promised. Well, I, I've been trying to figure out. I'm like, what is the like? What is the plan here? Like, what are they getting out of this? Like, how long are you going to work on this game for free? Essentially, you know, there's no well, microtransactions. There's no many? DLC. And I, I guess the plan is to get people, you know, interested enough to buy the just mm-hmm. buy the I game now. And like now it's on yeah. Xbox, and maybe they get some sales from that. But it it for a while there it did seem like they were almost just working for nothing and just on a hope and a prayer that it would bring people back but bringing people back isn't making them more money if they already right. owned it so it, in this industry in this day and age you would have almost expected them to be like okay we're switching to a you know free to play monetization model or like oh we're gonna do a season pass with all these updates mm-hmm. and they, they never did and i gotta give them at least some level of props for that yeah i mean there's still the 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 possibility of paid content in the future. And if they're ever going to make any sort of paid content, they have to have a game that, that people want to play as it stands, you know? And, you know, I mean, we might see quite a lot of Xbox copies sold. That's very possible. I don't know. I, I have no idea how to predict that, but that's going to make them some money. And, and apparently they did quite well, regardless of all the controversy, because they've moved to bigger, nicer offices and are able to sit around for two years working on the game without, making another one you know so there's yeah i just wonder at what point you let it go and yeah. you're like okay like good enough we you know made it better we served our time like we're gonna do something else now no woman's sky <laughs> interesting no i don't know if there are there gender options in the character i can't remember if there were gender options in the character creator honestly you can play as the alien now though yeah you can play as all, all the alien races so that's kind of cool which I've always thought characters in that game were really ugly, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, in Destiny, there's still no new races to play. No new. I am looking forward to the new update. Yeah, we could have done a whole podcast on all the Destiny craziness yeah, maybe this week, time. and it is somewhat no, no Man's Sky adjacent. But I, I think we're gonna have a lot of talk to talk about with that oh, yeah. game, and like the community is really engaged right now, and in like super kind of back on the train again. From some recent stuff, Bungie stuff. It's interesting so. how they, these these games are similar in that regard. I mean, how how they've how they lost so much of the community and then have worked really hard to bring it back. Um, something that Bungie should never. Yeah, except Destiny already did this entire cycle <laughs> once, and then they had to do it again for the sequel. So. Uh... <laughs> I swear, so that's, that's the catch. Bungie, Bungie <laughs> just doesn't learn from its mistakes. That's that's got to be it. Or they take they take their sweet time learning from them because they have different people working on different parts of the game, and 
And then, you know, the right yeah. hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing and, and everyone's confused, including the, the gamers. Um, but uh, as to like, you know, Hello Games handling all this, do you remember that one bizarre incident where they, where they tweeted, what did they tweet? It just got really weird. Was, was that when like Murray was tweeting like yeah, really, really dark, dark stuff, stuff like, like from from the official yeah. account? That was like pretty close after lunch. That was a, yeah. that was a while after lunch, and then and then like I emailed them and I got they said it was like a rogue employee, but then they denied that, and then they were like, then yeah, was, like, I remember the official this. Account yeah, was the and whole like thing. Sean Murray's account were tweeting to each other. It was really weird. So I think there was some <laughs> stuff going on behind the scenes that we'll never really know about, but. I'm glad to see, I guess I'm glad that this is, if not a happy ending, at least a happy turn of events, you know? In, in the world of video games, so often, like, you have the, the, the Mass Effect Andromeda issue where the game is not where it should be at launch, and then they just abandon it. And it's kind of sad, because really there could have been a lot, uh, a lot of TLC that that game could have gotten, and instead they just shut down the whole developer, you know? That seems to be the more common yeah. refrain when we when we... Discuss this yeah, I mean, like Lawbreakers, oh, yeah. like, you know, there's there's a lot of these games that just shutter entire studios. And I, I think the benefit of No Man's Sky was that for whatever, for all the problems it had, it still fundamentally sold yeah. well. And people still were pretty engaged with it. And it did build up at least a small fan base. And like, if you if you do a deep dive into like some of the crazy stuff that like the the dedicated No Man's Sky community has done, like mapping the galaxy and like having like faction wars before these updates even happen like there are some like freely involved people in this that are like are way into the game so i I think it has you know kind of more more of a backbone than a lot of these other titles that would like get reduced down to like six active players or something i I think it was always more of a, a success than people gave it credit for like despite the obvious issues and then I, I think it's just been able to grow with these updates. Well, that's another parallel to Destiny, the original Destiny, which launched to a lot of confusion and pretty negative reviews. And a lot of gamers saying, hey, what the heck? This is not what I expected and walking away. But then out of that sort of disaster grew a very, very engaged, like incredibly engaged community. And it did quite well. And uh, I think... You know, I, I guess that's just I, that's nice to see. It's, it's nice to see that kind of positive outcome, even when at first, you know, these these types of games can get kind of raked over the over the coals. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, you brought up uh, Lawbreakers. I think that just wasn't. You know, the, the difference there is that No Man's Sky is really unique. Destiny is really unique. These are games that are doing new things. They're they're if you dive in deep to them, they're games that you can find a lot, I think a lot of interesting things in and, you know, Lawbreakers wasn't, <laughs> that's maybe the big difference. That is accurate. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was, it looked pretty and had some neat gameplay elements, but it was just so dumb. I hated that game. I mean, it, it was, it, the, the, I hated how the characters talked and they were, it's all edgy and like, it's just like, it was just, it just wasn't a very good game. There was good things about it, but it wasn't a good game. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen that with other titles too, like uh, Battleborn and... Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like Andromeda was another game that got a little over shafted, shall we say? Yeah, I <laughs> like, agree with that. I would agree with it, that. I think if that game had like three more months to polish itself, it wouldn't have been 
launching as like this bug-filled meme that it was. And even if it wasn't as good as the other games, it was still a lot better than people gave it credit for. And it didn't deserve to just like kill the entire Mass Effect franchise for the foreseeable future. That well, and that's sucks. just so lame, I think. You know? Yeah. I mean, Mass Effect, like honestly, Mass Effect is a ma- is a major IP, and it's a really great series overall. And it would sell a lot of copies if they made another one that was actually just up to the you know the basic quality of of the original trilogy. I mean, there mm-hmm. there was a lot to love about Andromeda, and there was a lot to laugh about because those facial animations were just pathetic and <laughs> you could really see how they didn't, you know, they just didn't follow through with making a complete game. And I guess this is, you know, that this is the, should way. have been early access. <laughs> I think it shouldn't have been in, in a game like that because, you know, <laughs> unlike these other games that we're talking about, it's a really story based game. And I think it yeah. should have just been finished with, you know, with, uh, by, by, uh, these experienced Bioware developers. And well, the other problem is that they, they left out, they left open like seven different plot lines and then didn't even so like forget sequels. They didn't even make DLC. Right. <laughs> so you yeah. had to like read some comics or something to figure out the ends of like all these different plot lines moving forward, which Sounds was like a George R. R. Martin book. Yeah. <laughs> to watch a TV show to figure out what happens. Uh, well on that note uh, we may be back with more No Man's Sky next week depending on on where this all goes you know so much could happen between between right now and really Thursday when this podcast airs because you know we don't know how the next the clouds the clouds are the worst (laughs) the clouds are No Man's Sky's version of Mass Effect Andromeda's facial animations they really are (laughs) it does a good parallel (laughs) that is how bad they are I'm gonna go make some dumb goofy video about it now Um, anyways yeah thanks for listening and uh, yeah talk to you guys later that's it for this episode of Overworld thanks for listening if you want to get in touch with us find me on Twitter at Eric Kane you can find me on Twitter at Paul Tassi also please download the show on iTunes and podcastone.com And if you could, please leave a rating and review. It would really help the show out a lot. At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing. And a less than perfect one. Seen it? Covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.